0: Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it.
1: Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro.
2: Welcome back to Explore the Space podcast and welcome to our Med Lasso Season 2 finale episode. Delighted to have you here, and thank you first to Lori Bedke and Creighton University for sponsoring this episode. Creighton University believes in equipping physicians for success in the exam room, the operating room, and the boardroom. If you want to increase your business acumen, deepen your leadership knowledge, and earn your seat at the table, Creighton's healthcare executive education is for you. Specifically tailored to busy physicians, our hybrid programs blend the richness of on-campus residencies with the flexibility of online learning earn a Creighton University Executive MBA degree in 18 months or complete the non-degree Executive Fellowship in six months. Visit www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E to learn more. Well, we're here. Ted Lasso Season 2 is finished. Med Lasso wrap-up episode is here. I am joined by my Steady co-host, Dr. Syed Tabatabai, and our special guest is Lori Bedke. She is joining us to get amongst the finale episode of season two. This was so much fun. We definitely cover all the key stuff. We get into some big predictions for what might be to come in season three. There's also a really cool announcement I think you're going to like at the end of the episode. Definitely listen all the way through before we get to our Med Lasso Season 2 wrap-up. Please do check out the whole archive of Med Lasso on the Explore the Space website. There's a link in the show notes. You can go to www.explorethespaceshow.com. It is all there. Definitely check out the hashtag Med Lasso on Twitter. We had our first Med Lasso Twitter chat last night, and it was a blast. You can look around there. You can see the questions. You can still put your answers up, too. We're all still going to see it. Definitely hashtag your answers with that hashtag Med Lasso so we can all... Take a look at what you have to say and hear what your thoughts are. You can email me anytime, Mark, at ExploreTheSpaceShow.com. You can hit me on Twitter at ets show, Instagram at ExploreTheSpaceShow. And, of course, the entire archive is at www.ExploreTheSpaceShow.com. Please do subscribe to Explore the Space wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Please do leave us that rating and a review. That really helps us out. What a run it's been. Med Lasso Season 2 Finale Wrap-Up Episode. Let's get amongst it. Syed, it's time. We made it. It's the season finale episode of season two of Ted Lasso here on Med Lasso. Are you ready?
0: Absolutely. What a
2: journey it's been. Here we are. Here we are. I'm so excited and I'm delighted to have as our guest, Lori Bedke, who is actually one of the reasons that Med Lasso even happened. I remember Lori when I, I think we were talking on the phone six months ago. And I mentioned that I had this idea. What do you think? Is this another Shapiro half-baked? Or does this sound reasonable? And you said, yes, you can do it, but I have to be on it. If you're asking me my opinion, I get to be on it. Welcome. You're here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I have so enjoyed this season of the show. I have so enjoyed the season of Medlapso episodes. And I am beyond thrilled and excited and honored to be able to anchor the, the ending of the finale
2: it's, it's too much fun. This show has been an absolute blast. This season has been an absolute blast as well. I think we should start somewhere really specific and then go out from there. Like, this is very, very specific. 2009 is referenced on the show. Sam's dad <laughs> references <laughs> that back in 2009, his wife encouraged him to buy Bitcoin. And so it got me thinking, if you could go back, Lori, to 2009, what would you do?
1: Well, first of all, let's give props to the brains in that marriage because... Legit. um, (laughs) And I was green with envy as I was listening to that because what I wouldn't give to have (laughs) tossed a little bit of jack on the table uh, for some Bitcoin back in 2009 I tend to live life with no regrets, no yeah. do overs, no retakes. Like yeah. for me, there's no no rear view mirror on that one. But I I, I would easily <laughs> take a do over on 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 investing in Bitcoin.
2: Yes, I agree with you. But it was just in that moment, it was like in the first couple minutes of the show, we're all just like so fired up, hanging on every word. And they called that out, and it's like as much as I like to do what you do, it was like oh man, it was there for the taking. Syed, how about for you? Two thousand nine. What do you do different?
0: 2009, Um, like Lori, I think I believe in the no no do over policy. I think that's the best way to live life. But I I would probably yeah, a bunch of investments. That's for sure. 2009, I'm finishing up my nephrology fellowship, so I'm kind of at peak, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, uh, burnout levels uh, from at the very tail end of my medical education. There, so I probably tell myself that it gets better. (laughs) The road ahead is good. Yeah. And then I probably would have invested a lot in vaccination education across all the (laughs) social media forums and just started a pro-vaccination movement in 2009.
2: That's a very, very good one. And actually, mine was to just have jumped all the way in on social media for educational purposes, for building friendships. Back in 2009, I was very much in that place of this is a no-fly. Don't go anywhere near it, aside from like movie trailers and sports highlights. That's a great, great call out. That I just rewatched the episode. It's only been a couple of days. We're recording this on Saturday for, uh, you know, we're going to release this on Monday morning. I've watched it twice. Lori, how many times have you watched the finale?
1: Just once. Syed just and I time. have both actually just taken it in today, in fact, because uh, my life's a little busy this weekend. So unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to dig in until first thing this morning.
2: I like that. That's the place that you both are in because it's just it still has that sort of that fresh and exciting feeling. Syed, for you, having just finished watching it, how how would you sort of wrap it up? What kind of words pop to mind when you think about that sort of summary judgment of season two?
0: Uh, I think the title of the show, "The Inverting the Pyramid, um, that was on my mind a lot while I was watching it. Because, uh, you know, after you had mentioned it and I was reading about, you know, John Wooden's uh, Pyramid of uh, Success and, the idea in season one of Ted Lasso, it, it, the pyramid in the sense that the team doesn't succeed in season one in terms of winning and, and that goal. But in terms of uh, as being people and coming together, they sort of succeed at the end of season one. And there's this is feeling that, you know, they're a family and they're coming together. Whereas in this one, the pyramid sort of is inverted a little bit in the sense that the team succeeds on the pitch. Uh, they get into the Premier League. But there's this feeling that those bonds between obviously the Nate and Ted one is a big one. But, um, you know, that they might not be as strong and there are questions about, you know, Ted's approach. And it was really interesting to me And the whole time. Season two has felt like there has been threads fraying at the edges of this beautiful image. And that's what the, the finale brought home for me. There was euphoria. There was sadness. But there was still this this tugging feeling that things are. You know, there's trouble and uh, big trouble in uh, um, Little China, or, or whatever the movie title is. I'm blanking.
2: Lori, how about for you? Having watched it once, what sort of brings the the the, the sense of all right, the season's over. How do I feel? What 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 leaps to mind?
1: Man, I. I am honestly kind of surprised that the cliffhanger is not as substantial as it was. There are definitely frayed edges and 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 loose threads, but it is not in fact quite as much, you know, us on a precipice as I thought that we would be. And there are I mean if you if you get down and think about it a little bit through the layers, I think you can you can kind of guess what some of those, you know, changes or forthcoming you know um storylines plot lines might be but on the other hand that's that's my first initial impression and then gosh the the entire episode was just jammed packed back to back with so much goodness that i'm i'm excited to get into as well it was just
2: totally packed full i'm just elated i i did i, I... The whole experience of season one was great. You know, it was one of my high school buddies got me into the show. Enjoyed it. Started like I think Syed, I was pinging you, Lori was pinging you. We, we were all kind of watching it. Season two, like I've never had a pop culture experience that's felt this sort of well rounded. That I've been involved with so many different people doing so many different things. But they left the show like I just feel super satisfied. That was just it was so fun. There's more to come. But I'm not like too full. I'm not still hungry. There's so much still to discuss. It's just, I'm elated. It was the best. And I just, I absolutely loved it. But I want to start in a place so we can set it aside. The thing that I think really stuck out for our sort of hashtag med lasso community in the run up to the finale and the finale itself was Ted's experiences with anxiety, him having these very public panic attacks, him hiding them, and then sort of. Having Trent Crim publish the article and and having it be one of his mentees that gave the fuel to the fire, there's been a lot of conversation you know, on social media and other podcasts and things like that about, gosh, this is so great for for healthcare workers. We should be able to do this too. How are they going to handle it? There's obviously been a ton going on in the sports world, Lori. When you see this, because you're in the space of big rooms full of lots of doctors, nurses, and healthcare professionals a lot of the time. What is your sense of the readiness of the profession of medicine for individual physicians to give a quote unquote press conference in the manner that Ted Lasso did to talk about his anxiety?
1: You know, I have really loved the way that this show has just really challenged toxic masculinity and so many elements and attributes of society at large sports specifically and anything high performance which of course includes our little world of of healthcare and and in and, and your collective world of medicine i think that to me i just anchor right back to when i think and i'm guessing you guys would both agree with me when i think about people that i just admire the hell out of and that i would follow into battle It's not someone with, you know, the perfect veneer of a pedestal life, but it is actually and what I love this uh, the very most about the show is that it has let us glimpse behind the curtain and the character development has been so, so brilliant at letting us see the underside of the tapestry. And so the temptation for any of us is to hide that, to mask it to demonstrate self-sufficiency, because that is of course important for us to be trustworthy, reliable, seen as credible or competent in our in our profession. But again, if we are talking about not just what what makes us competent as an individual contributor, but what makes us effective as an influential leader, it is all about the behavioral, it is all about humanity. And that has to do with the messy, messy gray of, you know, what's behind the curtain, when we really show people what makes us insecure, what we're wrestling with, what causes an amygdala hijack or a full-blown panic attack, or what just is where we put ourselves in trouble in terms of being able to perform consistently. And that is something that I applaud so very much. And I think why it has been so very resonant for all of us at this particular time in the journey. But I do think to answer your question more specifically, the onus is upon all of us to bang the drum from, you know, whatever drum that we're holding from whatever position on, you know, on the field in the orchestra is to bang the drum and to start to normalize talking about this as we have seen happen in sport, in um, in other arenas as well.
2: Sayed, how about for you acknowledging you've got a pretty big drum, right? You're a known entity. You're obviously a busy nephrologist in, in, in Texas, and you've got a big social media following. You're a great writer. How ready do you think on one side, healthcare workers, on the other side, the public at large are for that sort of, Conversation to start to be, as Lori put it, to be
0: normalized. Uh, I think there's there's definitely some increased degree of readiness and increased willingness to accept that. You know, the the thing that I thought about the show opens with the you know the sports talking about it, and I got shades of the whole uh, real life um, episode earlier, the real life uh, story with Naomi Osaka, and uh, the whole thing about mental health coming into the forefront and you know, some of what the old coach is saying about like, well, he should be if he's in that position, he needs to be the captain of the ship and all that kind of stuff. And kind of a lot of the grief that Ted is getting from different people, you know, when he's walking to walking to work and everyone's got that newspaper. But then the support he also gets from people, people turn around and say, hey, it's OK. You know, this is part of being human. This is uh, so I, I think that willingness to hear that message is growing. One of my concerns is that within medicine itself, within the environment that we have in medicine, are we ready to listen to each other because uh, one of the things that Ted is so good about is coming into that, that corporation, that, that structure, that team and building an environment for his transformational change to start to happen for people to open up to each other. First he creates the environment, then all this stuff starts to happen. Right. Um, I've, you know, the question is in healthcare with the, a lot of the environments that we're currently operating in, are those environments conducive to us sitting down and having these open talks with each other, or you know, listening to each other, uh, or is there just no space there for that right now? And how do we create that space? That's stuff that I'm thinking about. Uh,
2: I mean, my answer to that is no. They're not. They're not designed for that. They're not interested in it, and they don't care. Uh, I think that physicians and healthcare professionals, and you know, all of us will want to, and certainly will need to, coming out of the pandemic. But I think you nailed that critical question of readiness and interest they're not all you need to do is look at one recredentialing packet for any hospital in the united states to understand the interest of physicians being able to express their mental well-being we're asked specifically about it and it's not are you doing okay it's do you have a problem because if you do you're not getting credentialed right it's that black and white it's so it's easy for us to talk about it but It doesn't exist yet. And our our buddy, Adam Hill, who's been on the show, I mean, he's super transparent about his journey and he's very transparent about the official questions that he gets asked. And it shows the distance that we have to cover. And it also like we need to do it fast because uh, we talk about this all the time. It's not a platitude. Like no one's okay as we sit here in the pandemic. Um, But that's the that's the space that needs to be crossed. And I remember I had the advantage of of rewatching the episode and Rebecca, says to Ted when he says, hey, I'm sorry about all this. And she says, you know, I want you to know that you have our full support. When I saw that, I was like, you know what? I actually really do believe her. Well, obviously, she owns this multimillion dollar franchise. There's a lot at stake. She could fire him. She's not going to. She's going to back him, right? That fits with the ethos of the show. I don't think that healthcare workers feel like if they were to go to their direct to so their supervisors with a disclosure like that and hear you have our full support that they would believe it. And I also don't think they would necessarily even hear it. And that is a huge problem for our profession. How does that land on you, Lori, as someone who is immersed in the profession and goes all over the country talking with frontline physicians, frontline nurses, C-suite executives? How does that sort of land?
1: My heart rates up. I mean, it's tough. It's tough, gents, because you are not wrong, um, but there is good that still exists. And there is a... um, there is a distinct need to to change that narrative, and so right. yes, it is so multifactorial and it is so complex, a topic to dig into. But there are, in fact, I and I think that is why, if you think about strategic communication, it is not just a I need to say it one time to one person. It is a multi pronged advocacy approach, and it is seek out the allies and then engage them. It's no different than the the necessity of of bending the gender equity curve or any other of the pressing issues. It is not just a one and done. It is it is tough. And I think also though, I'll go back to something that you said, Sayed, I think that as we watched Ted go to work that morning, right? And as we saw, you know, the opening of the sportscasters and that narrative of the, you know, the captain, on the bridge, sure as heck, better have his game straight. And um, you know, then the gentleman on the bench. Um, when we got a glimpse of Ted's shoe game, which was straight fire. And please, can we talk about shoes and and highlights here shortly? But you know, if if my grandfather had had a bad day in Normandy, that's not exactly what he said. But we'd all be t- we'd all be speaking German right now. And it is it's both right because any professional has to bring their A game but it is also completely entirely unrealistic that any of us don't operate in a reality where hard is normal right where we unexpectedly lose a parent where we bury a child where we you know suffer a a catastrophic diagnosis ourselves and the list goes on and on and on and on right and so as i have watched so many colleagues of multiple disciplines go through significant adversity and hardship, predating COVID. Of course, you know, COVID is a whole nother level of that. But the fact of the matter is, you have to continue to show up, you have to do what you do. But on the other hand, overused that, again, machismo and self-sufficiency, is destructive in and of itself, and we have to attack that also, both inside our own minds and then in challenging each other and challenging the systems that we live in.
2: It's a big challenge. It's definitely, it's definitely one that we're going to have to deal with, and I think every profession has this reckoning. Obviously, professional sports has it. The profession of medicine is going to deal with it. Uh, it's going to continue to grow. There's another big topic that is uncomfortable to talk about that everyone is already talking about. And obviously it's Nate. And I wanted to spend a moment with Nate and Nate's anger, because when Nate and Ted have their showdown in the locker room, there's obviously a lot of slings and arrows being thrown at Nate. When I rewatched it, I actually really had a, a, a sadness for Nate. And I'm going to try this on. And Syed, I've tried on a lot of ideas with you, and you'll tell me if this is absolute nonsense. This is what Nate said. You made me feel like the most important person in the whole world. And then you abandoned me. And then he goes on past that. Does that not speak to the experience of healthcare workers in in the latter waves of the pandemic? I watched it and I was like, and he's crying. And he's like, all I wanted was for you to listen. And you did, and you made me feel so great, and you banged pots and pans, and you did flyovers for me, and you hung banners for me, and now you don't fucking care. Holy smokes, when I looked at it that way, this literally happened an hour ago. Tell me if I'm off base, though.
0: No, yeah, I, I know that listeners can't can't see this. I mean, huge nods while you were talking there. I mean, uh, oh, it's so true. It's so true initially when he was starting that speech, it sort of felt a little bit like that degree of anger was coming out of nowhere. But the more I thought about it, um, and the more you think about things through Nate's point of view, it's this accumulation of microaggression that becomes more and more macro, right? The more it goes on. And each little one picks away at the heart of what he's feeling. And for us healthcare professionals, um, yeah, you're heroes, but the one thing that's going to end this hell you're in, we're not going to do that, you know, or we we think you're in it for the money, or we think this and we think that, you know, you're right. You're absolutely right. How can you, how, the parallel is so clear? I, I think you're absolutely right.
2: That being said, though, we have to remind ourselves that we can cope with and deal with and release our anger in more constructive ways than going to obviously the dark side to taking something very precious to someone else and destroying it and leaving it on their desk for them to see Lori is someone who gets to do a ton of coaching and a ton of work around leadership for people who are holding on to this anger that doesn't have a, a, an end point yet how do we sort of re- reconcile it so that we're not now dressing in black, going gray I'm pretty gray already. <laughs> and, you know, and then sort of starting to destroy because none of us want to do that. And I, I'd like to think we're not going to, but we also want to come out of this as whole as possible.
1: Oh, man, absolutely. I mean, as I, I I've kind of had this foreboding sense that this was the trajectory. It was it was really hard to watch Nate spit in the mirror. To the two yeah. times that he did it this season, yeah. I mean and and as much as as you know, man, when we saw that text from from Trent Grimm at the end of last week's episode, and you're like, ugh, it is him. And then as 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 this week's episode played out, as much as I am insanely livid with Nate for this betrayal. I, I despise his actions. I wholly agree with Syed. And I think the word that was on my mind was, was these compounding microaggressions that have been building for him throughout the season. I think his frustration with Ted is perhaps misplaced because I honestly am struggling to consider if there was a really specific example of Ted having in any way directly to Nate ignoring him now i mean he he did he elevated him. he took a big shot on him he's made him he's put him in the room but there have been a handful of examples throughout the season that are the examples of those microaggressions that just build up and are the the, the 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 you know piece of gravel in your shoe over the marathon they're the burr in the saddle i mean When they got all of those Nespresso coffee machines gifted earlier in the season, he was overlooked. I mean, in in this week's episode, uh, he so badly wanted Roy to be livid and incensed and jealous and enraged. And Roy was like, yeah, no, that's a pretty significant significant microaggression. I think there was one, the one thing that I could think of was earlier in the season when... um, Ted kind of laughed it off when when Nate was referred to as a big dog. And I think that was the one direct insult. So and actually, the
2: think- actor calls that out. There's the thing that went around on Twitter. Andy did an L.A. Times interview where uh, Nick Mohammed, who is the actor that plays yeah. Nate, actually specifically called out what you just described, that he's like he's been called a big dog and Ted actually laughs at him. that that how much that resonated that all being said what I would love to know what I would love to see I would love to see episode like 12a which is Nate with Rupert over the last six months because I think it was Rupert that's been feeding him and and really fueling all of this and whispering in his ear right he's been the devil on his shoulder giving him the worldview of all these things that have been happening a lot of like Ted is actually the real focal point and it just lends so much malice and villainousness to Rupert, and it just makes him so exciting to hate for season three. It's yeah. just going to be incredible.
1: Well, but I want to go back and answer your question, Mark, because you, I, I think, one of the antidotes to this circumstance, and if we're talking about how this translates to you know healthcare professionals and and the leaders in that, just compounding moral injury. That is pervasive within healthcare. I think it requires a a significant dose of empathy, right? Because um, and that also is something that's so beautiful about the way that this show has invested in character development. Because we see, you know, what is at the heart of some of the pain inside of Nate because of his father's um, there. The daddy issues in this season, the list is long. And maybe maybe we can dig into that next. But I mean, Nate has some deep-seated insecurities because of um, that. And you saw that play out several times over this season. We have seen a physical and emotional manifestation or transformation within Nate, his entire persona has changed. His hair has, of course, become a lot more salt and pepper. And, um, you know, but the black on black on black, I mean, his entire presentation is radically different. And of course, then his his attitude has transformed as well. And so I just think that, I mean, he he is now uh, the supervillain, no doubt, um, and it, it's easy to want to be frustrated because of his betrayal of Ted. But these are the, the the insecurities or the compounding injuries that we carry with us are significant. So I think empathy is necessary. But gosh, I also loved the scene in the bar with Ted and Beard because Beard is his wingman, and everybody needs a beard. Because Beard said. I don't and they were talking about, are you going to confront him, and Ted said no, and I appreciate his strategy, and I appreciate his measured patience as a leader. I mean he definitely has that midwest ashuck's you know persona, but he is he is measured and he is patient and he is strategic, and he is also terrifically compassionate, but beard was saying oh this this isn't you know.' this is for you, my friend, you need to be able to, you know, move through and then move past this because to carry this internally is, of course, he's watched the consequence and the cost to Ted of carrying that type of of burden.
2: I like that. But I have to ask you, Syed, as the keeper of the canon, has the evolution of Nate to the black on black on black villain We've talked about this a lot. My prediction was wrong. I did not think they were going to lead into the Empire Strikes Back as much as they did. As the keeper of the Star Wars canon in our <laughs> Med Lasso universe, did they do it right? Did they do a good job?
0: I think they did a great job. Um, you know, Nate is sort of the chosen one, right? If I'm going to do the Star Wars analogy here, he's that, that little boy, you know, who, who has this incredible ability. And then he's coming up through the ranks and then he has his duel of the fates moment where Nate's future is really up for grabs, where you have these two mentor figures and Nate's gonna go to one of them. And uh, yeah, his progression, you really get strong. Anakin Skywalker, all all black. He's finally making the turn to Vader moment where he sees his own power. He has a mentor now in Rupert, who's kind of like, he does the Emperor's move, which is the arm around the shoulder and the lean in and whispering in the ear. And that's Anakin standing on the bridge and the Emperor's right behind him, right there in his ear. But I think there was a lot of like direct visual reference to that. But you know, another thing I thought about, another movie reference, is The Godfather, um, The Godfather oh, Part yeah. Two. Now, oh, Mike, totally. now, now, Michael is sitting in the chair, staring out. You know that shot, oh, yeah, it in the eyes. Sure. And the way sure. Ted was the older brother, he was Fredo. And how do you kill oh. Ted? You rip that belief sign in half because that's his heart. You leave it on his desk, and that's a parting shot. So I thought there was a lot of beautiful uh, imagery there, a lot of pop culture.
2: Uh, Another great. I loved all that. And and I was really worried we were going to have a Fredo in the boat moment, too, when I was watching. (laughs) But another pop culture reference, and this one's been a little bit under the radar, but I've noticed it from the from the beginning. At the very beginning of episode one, season one, I was like, one of the reasons I wasn't sure I was in, I was like, this is a really weak Major League ripoff. Because Rebecca was the owner character right from the shoot. And I was like, this is going to be weak sauce. Whatever, I'll try it. There have been a couple more references. So season one starts like that, and it also ends like that, where Ted says, "A la Tom Berenger, we're gonna win the whole fucking thing." And then this season we had um, we had Roy and Jamie square off on the pitcher's mound on the pitch, where he headbutts him, get up, and then they hug it out. That's Dorn and Charlie Sheen's character. <laughs> There's so why is Major Leagues? <laughs> That's a big part of Ted Lasso. Lori, help us.
1: Okay, here's where I'm useless because my <laughs> my pop culture movie TV intake is is paltry. It's it's peanuts. Like you're a
2: better person I, for it.
1: I got nothing, but I did get a big big kick out of the you know the salty bitch Heather Locklear Mel's, Melrose Place <laughs> uh, reference at the beginning. I never did watch that episode, but uh, you know it. I, I got nothing for you there, but uh, I can I can see the corollaries just from anecdotal adjacent. You're going to
2: have to go back and watch Major League and then come back and tell us, because maybe that fresh look at Major League will help us to three major references in a show of this size to Major League. Like it was it was fine. It's not like it's the greatest. <laughs> movie. Anyway, and they keep referencing it. I just think it was fascinating. I got to call out something really specific and then we're going to go where Lori just you, you have to go. It's the journey. There was one line in the show that I was, I'm sitting next to my wife, Jessica, and this was the part where I was like emoting so strong. I was laughing. I was crying. I was so happy. and It's why I just love this show so much. Ted Lasso quotes John Obi-Wan Gandalf. (laughs) That is my childhood. That is my college years. And that is now all rolled into one. I loved Obi-Wan Kenobi. I loved Gandalf. My dad used to joke around saying he wanted to call me Gandalf. I went to UCLA where they indoctrinate you into the John Wooden universe. I was a sports writer there. Like that was, I was given this book by coach Wooden. It's signed by coach Wooden when I was in college. Like this is, I take this stuff really seriously. The the pyramid of success is something I refer back to frequently. And then this TV show that I've grown, like it all came together. I was, I was beyond myself. Syed, a, a, again, <laughs> you're my, you're, you helped rein me in and you helped push me forward. Too much?
0: I don't think so. I think the universe is sending you a sign, Mark Shapiro, <laughs> that uh, just like uh, Sam gets here, sees a, a guy with his jersey. You're seeing the name of oh this icon, gosh. you know, and, and it's all coming together for you. Oh, my gosh.
2: And then, Lori, I'm going to throw the quote to you. It's our choices that show what we truly are far more than our abilities. That's a real quote.
1: That's Coach Wooden. I know. And I I mean, I love that that was there. I I just, I am... I am blown away by the writing in this show and just the way that they weave levity with, you know, those anchors of just hit you right between the eye uh, eyes, um, leadership wisdom. But it is it's so true. And it was interesting as well, just the, the sense on the field when they were talking about that Right. And I think some inference there in terms of why, in fact, Ted chose to have that conversation. And it was kind of interesting as well. I mean, we see him and this is, again, where we see the the fallibility of, of human leadership is that this is something he preaches. He lives it. He breathes it that, you know, to be transparent, to be vulnerable, to be honest. And but he he failed in that. And we all stumble in that regard. And he didn't, you know, share in the way that he, in hindsight, wishes that he had. And so he was actually kind of taking a dose of his own medicine and coming clean in that moment, but also then delivering it with that powerful quote from, I mean, no more iconic coach uh, than, than Coach Wooden. And I I really appreciated that. And it's, it's so important, but Gosh, don't we in healthcare specifically, but everywhere in any high performance profession, we're looking for the credentials, we're looking for the degrees and certifications, we're looking at all of those factors that predict potential and performance. And rarely are we really examining the character or the choices or the habits uh, or the values of anyone. And those are what is going to be the lever that predicts direction and, and output. And that's a, that's a big dose of learning, um, that I walked away from this episode with.
2: I love what you just said. That's so awesome. I'm so delighted. I'm going to I'm looking forward to getting to listen to that again, because you know, we have some some really great experts out there who talk about the holistic approach of bringing people into the profession of medicine and how that's something we need to get better at. And I think you just absolutely nailed it on the head. And also one last shout out. The colors of the believe sign are the blue and gold of UCLA. That's mm-hmm. not an accident. It makes me happy. Every time I see it, I smile. But, Lori, you've said a couple of things that are really important, right? We have to have anchors. We have to have some things that just kind of hit you in the face. We have to have some humor. So that means time to go in the locker room with Mark and Syed. Are you ready?
1: Let's go.
2: All right. First question, right between the eyes, you're ruling on tea. I'm a fan. Okay, good.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, coffee, check, tea, check. Yeah. Yes. Not black. I'm not a black oh, tea fan, okay. but herbal. Yeah.
2: Herbal? Herbal. Okay. Okay. That's fair. If you're traveling, will you use the um, the packets that are in the hotel little basket?
1: Mm -mm. Nope. (laughs) Mm -mm. (laughs) I'll default to the mediocre coffee that's available in the room before I go there.
2: That's fair. That's fair. Syed, for you thinking about the whole season, what is one scene that made you just say, you know, Ted coming into the room?
0: Yes. Actually, it was in the finale. And uh, you know how you're talking about choices determine who you are as a character? It was that penalty kick that went to Jamie Tart. And here's Jamie with an opportunity to be the hero, and what does he do? He recognizes that within this penalty is an opportunity for someone else on his team to confront some demons that have been there, and he gives it up to Danny because he know how much he knows how much this could potentially mean for Danny, and in that moment, Jamie Tart became my favorite character for this season, just like Roy was for the last season. Jamie is now easily my number one.
2: I love it. That's such a good one. I actually shared on Twitter right before we started another Jamie moment when he apologized oh. to Roy. He's wearing his icon hat. And if you remember that icon hat is wearing when he's just being the most schmarmy, you know, <laughs> sleazy guy ever in the beginning of season when you're like, who is this dude? Oh, we've seen this guy before. But now when he's doing this really heartfelt apology, he's wearing that hat again. And I think it is just such a great commentary on his development and how the show views masculinity, which we've talked on on Medlasso a lot about yeah. this idea of aspirational masculinity. I absolutely loved it, Lori. For you, the scene that just mm, you just take it with you.
1: That is. Probably the hardest that you could answer, but I will go to one that I think demonstrates the growth journey that Roy Kent has been on. And I loved the scene where he is in the broadcast booth and has his epiphany that this is not where he belongs. And I think that that was so phenomenal to me because clearly, I mean, he right after his retirement was offered this high profile, presumably terrifically lucrative gig. And it's just kind of the common path, right? But he was doing it and it didn't really fit him perfectly. And his growth and maturation in that journey is a topic for an entire additional episode. But I really just loved that demonstration of his reflection and his maturation of his self-awareness and his real come to grips with the fact that, you know, just sitting there and 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 looking pretty as a human being and having the know, you know, the, the the knowledge to be able to effectively perform that role that so many would give their eye teeth for would not be sustainable for him. And he makes his effort, his exit in true Roy Kent style, but then he makes a transition to something that will Be meaningful to him where he'll have a meaningful impact and where he will continue to have to hone himself as a human being to make himself not just the star player, but now um, a formidable coach. And to me, uh, if I have to pin it, I think that's that's the moment that I I loved and I was I was cheering
2: I loved it. I'll be honest with you, that scene gave me a, a a moment of pause because I think there's a lot of healthcare workers that are <laughs> thinking about how do I make that transition and that's not good. I want them to be comfortable where they are and feel like they can soar where they are and not Indeed. be saying I shouldn't be here anymore. Uh, yeah. it, that's going to be an interesting 36-month journey for America's healthcare worker workforce to move through. For me it was the funeral when uh i mean there's a lot obviously in the season but the one that really stuck out and i think it's going to be we'll get to predictions in a minute when rebecca starts to sing never gonna give you up and she's even though this is an accomplished singer and we've seen her on the show like just belt it out she's she's obviously really unsure of herself she's scared frightened all those things and she's very alone she's right up there on the up there on the the stand and there's nobody everyone's looking at her and she's crying and it's emotional and where she's just really wavering, another voice comes in, and it's Ted. And that second voice saying, "Hey, I see you. I got you. I'll run with you." Right. That that's that's a really cool moment in any show or movie where the the lonely athlete, the lonely researcher, the lonely parent, and somebody comes up, swoops in next, and there's the great scene in the first episode of Band of Brothers where the one guy's running up the up Kerahi, Cur- Cur- and then two of his partners come up behind him, and they all start running. Like these moments, man. They resonate. And I love that. And I want to take that for right from there into predictions. I'll go first. But Lori, you've got to understand as we move to predictions, Syed and I are going to have to like go back and do like an annotated book of med lasso predictions because they have been <laughs> off the charts. And the fun thing for you is it's going to be months before we know if your prediction's correct. Here's mine. I think that they're going to really lean in to Ted and Rebecca. I'm not sure that it's going to necessarily be romantic because they don't ever take the easy road. I think we're going to see a lot of Ted and Rebecca navigating some really difficult things, like obviously the showdown with Rupert that's coming, the showdown with um with uh, with Nate that's coming, and the showdown that's coming, which is going to be Keely. And here's why. Rupert is going to put Keely in a position that she doesn't want to be in. She's going to be going up against Rebecca without knowing she's doing it. She's going to get hired to do some work. And it's going to obviously be Rupert. And Rebecca's going to find out about it and say, why are you helping Rupert? That's that's coming. Those are my predictions. I'm stopping right there. But we're really going to get a lot of Rebecca and Ted as we move through season three. Lori, it's time. The guest prediction for Med Lasso to send us into season three. What do you got?
1: You stole my thunder. Bro. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was. I mean, I do believe that Rupert's going to come for Keeley and he's going to make her. I mean, she said in today's episode, he can't afford me. But Exa- I oh, think, yeah, you caught that. Yeah, I, I think we, I think we could all predict that he is going to lever anything that he can. And as much as I think Keeley has grown a lot this year and I love how much that Roy is a he for she and amplifies her. And is in her ear, bolstering her confidence. Um, she is still very green and and very naive, and she will be terrifically easily manipulated. And I fear that that is something that we're very much in for. I really think that we were set up to see um, that Roy and Keeley's relationship will, um, you know, weather some turbulence. Uh, and and that is is a is is something else. But I think the one thing I'll say as well, and this is minor, I don't think it's going to be a plot line, but I actually thought I was very blindsided by the believe sign torn in half on Ted's desk. I actually, though, it caught my eye in this episode that Nate was standing looking at the framed wooden triangle on the wall. And I suspect that it's missing. I suspect he took it with him.
2: Oh, I love that. You think he stole the pyramid of success? I do. Oh, that's my favorite prediction. I love that so much. Oh, I, now it's like I really have a cliffhanger because that was a signed pyramid of success. Like, that's awesome. Oh, I really like that. Syed, before I send it to you for your prediction, I want both of you to sound off on this. the The, the final clash of good and evil, which I do feel like is coming, is it going to be Ted versus Nate or is it going to be Rebecca versus Rupert? There will be a final showdown. Right. There will be, there will be, I can't remember the cowboys' name and Doc Hollywood. There will be a final showdown of Good and Evil. It might not even be in the season three finale, but it will happen. Well. Is it Rupert versus Rebecca or is it Ted versus Nate? Or 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 showdown NOS, Syed?
0: Well, with those choices and with the again, I'm going back to Star Wars here. We go to Return of the
2: Jedi. We go to Return of the
0: Jedi. What Vader is watching is not a confrontation between himself and the Emperor. It's a confrontation between the Emperor and Skywalker, right? His his son. Now in this scenario, obviously it's not Nate's son, but I think Nate is going to see kind of how Rupert is sticking it to his old team and he's going to be watching this battle of power. And I think in that moment, Nate's going to have to make a choice. (laughs) I think that might be, how it ties into Return of the Jedi? Delicious. Has, yeah. Delicious. That's so good. I think Laurie, it's Rupert and you, Rebecca.
2: You think it's Rupert and Rebecca? Lori, how about for you? Where's the showdown?
1: I I do. I think that there will be. Uh, we're going to see a redemption journey for Richmond. We are going to see you know the rise of of Nate. He I think he's going. He he will definitely take a fall. But I don't think that that is the primary good versus evil. I, I think it's rebecca and rupert i
2: can't believe your prediction that nate stole the pyramid i'm freaking out <laughs> i'm very upset i hope you're wrong but i think you might be right anyway. that's awesome that's awesome Syed, a prediction for season three
0: i don't think we've seen the last of edward akufu um oh, they yeah. played his going away thing for comedic effect but if you yeah. actually listen to some of the stuff he said to yeah. Sam, yeah. I will dedicate yeah. my life to destroying you. <laughs> so yeah. I think Sam's journey is not complete. It's sort of implied that now he's a superstar player. Now yeah. he's staying with the FC Richmond. But I think there's still some, some troubled waters ahead for our, I, our you, favorite midfielder there.
2: I think a good lesson is that uh, a wealthy, narcissistic billionaire's threat should probably not be taken lightly.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's okay. going to come back to bite us.
2: Let's bring ourselves let's bring ourselves home. I want to go on and on and on, but we just can't do it. We're going to have lots of fun med lasso stuff through the next few months to get us to season three. One of the fun things that I'm really excited to announce is that we're going to go back, Syed, and we're going to do season one. Are you excited for it?
0: Oh, yeah. Let's do it. I can't wait. It's going
2: to be great. We're going to do season one of Med Lasso. So we're going to have lots of episodes, lots of guests, lots of conversations, maybe not so much with the predictions, but we're going to have a great time doing it. But I want us to just kind of spend a minute acknowledging what we've all been through. Lori, you've been on the Med Lasso ride since I first texted you and said, I have this idea. Do you want to, you know, I'm I'm delighted that you've been a sponsor of Explore the Space for so long. Do you want to sponsor it? But also, what does this even sound like to you? What has the whole Ted Lasso, Med Lasso experience just sort of summed up felt like for you over these last two years as we get ready for what sounds like is going to be the last season?
1: I mean, it is it is such I I admire the show so very much. I admire them for taking on meaningful um, and and mighty issues with the levity and with the loveliness that they have, they have they have held no punches as it pertains to really bellying up to 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 tough topics in a way that i I applaud. Um, but it's just been so delightful. It's been this lovely little retreat each time an episode drops to be able to look forward to it. I mean, it's so brilliantly written that it takes you through the journey of laughing hysterically. Um, you know, going down memory lane, sobbing and being absolutely wrecked emotionally as, as you go through it. I just, I, I, what can I say? I'm biased. I am a huge fan of the show, but it has just been so very lovely in the way that they have taken us on a journey with them and it's fun to root for now what is i i think the underdog i mean they they were in fact and they had the deck stacked against them and it's always fun to be able to get on board with and and root for the underdog and I'm richmond till i die
2: i love it that's awesome sayed how about for you bringing together this extraordinary season two and looking at the season three we have yet to go what what sort of comes
0: up for you I'm just so grateful, you know, I'm just so grateful that this show ostensibly about a football coach, a fish out of water coaching, you know, Premier League soccer ended up being so many unexpected things. It ended up being a catharsis. It ended up being a vision of of a world that might be, you know, you know, a post-COVID world where people are being kind, good to each other. It ended up being a shelter like Bori was talking about, a retreat. Ended up being all these things, and I keep thinking about that that phrase, you know, the family you're born with, the family you choose. It ended up giving us all these bonds, and I feel like I appreciate my Med Twitter folks so much more through the lens of Med Lasso and, and through the lens of um, this journey that we've all been on together. And, and it's just been a gift. I'm, I'm so looking forward to season three, and you know, no fanfare, no expectations. I'm just ready to rejoin these people I love and see where where life takes them.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with both of you. I think the way that for me, the biggest thing is the way the show has unlocked our abilities to ask ourselves some some good questions, some funny questions and some hard questions and then share those with other people has been really, really exciting. I haven't had a TV show, certainly drive something like that. And, you know, personally, I've just I've never like felt more sort of creative and and fired up and agile with everything that's happened with the podcast and with our med lasso community and the people that get to come on the show and we get to talk to it's just so exciting and uh you know the 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 john obi-wan gandalf i just that those sorts of moments for me like they're just so fun and i get to share them with so many friends and share them with my wife and you know my son is now asking me hey dad are you guys watching ted lasso hey dad are you gonna go record med lasso it's All of this stuff is just the best. And maybe in season three, my boy's going to have to make a cameo appearance. We'll see. That might be one of the fun things. But what an adventure. Lori, this was awesome. Thank you for coming on, being the finale guest for this season of Med Lasso. It was a total treat and a blast to have you. Thank you.
1: It is my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
2: Syed, holy smokes, man. This was a (laughs) half-baked idea in the extreme, and now we've got to just keep it going. My friend, I'm delighted to do this with you. Thank you, buddy.
0: Thanks so much, Mark. And hey, thanks to you for putting this all together, for bringing on all these incredible guests, for setting up this show. You know, round, round of applause for uh, our Richmond, uh, Richmond Diamond Dog here.
2: That's right. That's right. This is awesome. Both of you, thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks. My thanks to Syed and to Lori for joining me on our Med Lasso Season 2 finale episode. And yes, we are going to tackle Season 1 on Med Lasso. That will be coming soon. Fresh takes, fresh guests, fresh questions for the locker room. I cannot wait. I get to rewatch season one. We get to enjoy it all over again together. Hopefully, this will help bridge us over the gap to season three. We're going to have tons of great Med Lasso content from Explore the Space podcast. So, definitely subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at ETS Show, Instagram at Explore the Space Show. Email me, Mark at com. And do leave us that rating interview that really helps us out. The whole archive is at www.explorethespaceshow.com. This has been so much fun. We will continue the conversation on Twitter, hashtag MedLasso. Can't wait to see you there. Take care of yourselves. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being a part of this incredible MedLasso journey. It is an absolute treat to be here with you. We will see you soon. Bye-bye.